Radio. We're back. It's another episode yeah. of Svelte Radio. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's the usual hosts, but we also have another guest. Li Hao Tan is back to talk about Svelte, maintaining Svelte, contributing to Svelte, and also his new YouTube channel. Well, maybe it's not so new now, but you've been working on it for a while. Yeah. So I guess uh, let's uh, let's get started. What have you been up to since uh, since last time you were on? Must have been a long time ago, like one year ago or something. Uh, you mean me? <laughs> yeah. Okay, sure. Um, so since last time, I've been working on my YouTube channel. I've been posting. I've been made. I've made like a ton of uh, contents about Svelte, especially on the Svelte tutorials. And then actually, there's most of the things that I've been doing, and apart from work. Uh, really, like uh, I think work has picked up, uh, pick up some a lot of works right now. So juggling with like works and YouTube channel and and maybe like a little bit of maintaining spell kind of things. It's it's like mostly most of my schedules right now. Yeah. So you're still at uh, was it Shopee? Yep, Shopee. Yeah. So we are the uh, number one e-commerce in Southeast Asia, and I'm not sure. Sh- uh, that's what our company says, uh, but I'm not sure whether you follow, but we have been uh, entering the Latin America market. So oh. I think right now we have like, oh. say, Brazil, Mexico. These are the ones that we are, yeah, like trying to entering. Like we, we, we've entered, I think, one or two years and like try to build our market over there as well. So it's uh, exciting times, right? Nice. Uh, a lot of internationalization works have to be done on the front end. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, those kind of things, yeah. I guess uh, you're, you're not using Svelte yet. Yeah, we are not. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> so the code base is is humongous right now. And actually, we are trying to explore something like a micro front end, which is like a way for us to enable developers to uh, allow them to basically... Uh, split out our like huge code base into smaller pieces and allows them allows individual like feature developers to build and release their features independently right so right now we are trying uh I, i'm the one that's setting this up uh basically try to lay down the foundations and hopefully we can get yeah hopefully we can like break out like uh, smaller pieces of our code to like uh, individual uh, independent features and then hopefully like independent uh, individual developers can choose to say build their features in yeah frameworks that they like and things like that right because it's it's really hard for us to say if you want to like switch to Svelte and everyone has to change their code base that that does not make sense and if you want to say uh, have like two different kind of frameworks built together at the same time that's also some sort of overhead uh, so we, we we like to think that uh, we allow them to uh, build individually and then we figure a way to piece all them out together then uh, the way that the build you will have to choose you, you can uh, you have more freedom to choose what kind of build tools and stacks that you want to and we still piece all them together at once yeah so Sounds how like does a... how does the business feel about that when it's you know you're effectively taking your dev team and siloing them into uh, sections of people who would either either can or cannot work on a certain part of the code base because that's the resistance I've had before with micro frontends is having 
you 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 ultimately dilute effectively your pool of developers and, and i don't i don't buy it because i think you know anyone can do mm. anything but it's a common thing i face yeah so actually it's it's slightly different story on our case uh, on our case our actually we because our business grows very fast and we actually have to hire a lot and therefore we are not we couldn't like hire fast enough within our region so we started hiring from say from from China and we actually have developers sitting in China and that's what gets us started thinking about how do we work with them like uh, are we going to allow them to come into our repo and like you know make like one changes to the same repository and uh, making the same build together or uh, should we like figure a way for a mechanism for them to build on their own and then piece it in, in right so uh, that's that's what gets us started doing that and then we realized that actually hey uh, we also started to have smaller teams that are growing bigger and so it, it may the, the same team may be one day working in, in like this region and then suddenly they may be migrated over or handed over to another team and things like that so right so we want to have flexibility on like allow us to do that at wheels right so we want to reduce yeah. that friction of like who is maintaining the code and does not conflict I, w- I wouldn't say conflict but like make it easier for them to allow them to have more flexibility in in like building and releasing their future code that that's what we are facing right now so we we definitely we are not going to do we are not we didn't do like micro from the start and definitely it doesn't make sense if you have a small team and you decide to do something like that it's it's definitely because of the business needs and management needs where they they sometimes they decide on the management level they say oh this feature should be handed over to another team because you know they have more resources over there and they should hand over some of the features over here because uh, maybe we know it we, we can do it better and things like that and it's not just developer team right because the whole product involves say uh, business sides of things uh, product product management, designers, QA engineers, and all those stuff, right? So when they say they want to move it over to a different different center, it's actually move the whole entire verticals over. So it's not a small thing to us, you see, right? Yeah. (laughs) Just to give a a size, how many developers are we talking about? How many front-end developers is it? Are we talking like 100, 1,000? I mean, for front-ends or for the... the, What's the scale of the the micro front-end problem? Mm, okay, so I guess in terms of the front end right now, um, uh, basically like we, right now we are currently working on like this micro front end for just the marketplace, right? So uh, when you talk about like we are the e-commerce, so you have marketplace where we are going facing for the buyer. You also have other portals that is facing for the sellers to upload their listings. You have uh, portals for internal users. So right now we are trying this out on the marketplace site. Right, and in terms of the size, right now I I can't give like the exact figures right over here, but we roughly have say sixty over people within Singapore, one center, and then maybe roughly around the same size in like in China, uh, in Shenzhen office. So that's roughly yeah, roughly the size that we have right now, like working on just the marketplace, right? So yeah. Mm. The reason I ask is because I think when the microphone end discussion comes up, uh, a lot of people don't see the need for it, and that's just be- that's mainly because they work in smaller teams than that. And then I always, I definitely tend to see that the companies with larger teams than uh, you know, like a hundred or two hundred people, they really start to to feel the pain. <laughs> So I want yeah, to establish ima- the scale. Yeah, so imagine this where we have like every week 
if say for example I'm working on my own current branch and say maybe every Monday I just try to pull all the commits from the master branch and you will, you will feel the pain because every week at least like more than 1000 or 2000 commits uh, merging uh, happening right uh, in terms of wow. Uh, maybe people make small comments. You may, you may say that, but maybe if you look at like the branches, maybe there will be like 50 to 100 branches merging into master on Monday because uh, that's what we do every week. We we have a weekly cadence of like releasing features. So every Monday, that's where you get everything merging in. That's like 50 to 100. I wouldn't say 500, maybe like roughly 50 la, for, for average regular week. So when you've got when you've scary. got like 100 branches merging merging in at once, uh, obviously, all of those things have been tested and work in isolation. How mm. do you test the combination of all of those things suddenly? <laughs> yeah, so that's that's why that's why we have a weekly cadence because that's where we we force like uh, our uh, regressional team to to test it like on uh, after we merge everything in. Like we have like maybe two days window to test everything, and then every week we we just repeat this. Yeah, wow. so uh, of course like. Uh, when you merge, although you it sounds it sounded like a lot of like branches and it it may sounds like a lot of merge conflicts, but it it's actually not that way because like the whole thing is is huge. You have all sorts of features working in isolations, right? So it may be people working from like say the product page, there are branches from shop page. There's like promotional stuff. There's like checking out stuff, order stuff. So they're actually working in silos and. Uh, like the chances of getting merge conflicts is actually not as huge as you would think. But if you work on something more on a fundamental level, then yeah, that is like that that is like uh tragic you 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 yeah. end up with. Yeah. So so <laughs> we will, right now we are like trying our best to like stabilize the core and like think like maybe think a bit like f- uh, forward thinking a bit of like what is like the base platform level kind of things so that when we when we like get grow bigger or start to spin off to smaller micro front ends we still have like um i don't know control or things like that so one of the cons that we we definitely would foresee is that once everyone starts to spin off like micro front ends then you it's harder to say optimize the whole site as as a whole or make changes or rolling out changes as a whole that kind of thing say for example if i want to upgrade react that will be pain, right? I, I guess that's why that's like React 18, if I'm not mistaken, where you can have like different versions of React running at the same time because it's it's too huge now. You you can't force everyone to like upgrade at the same time and check all their features are work, still working fine. Yeah, I think one of the concepts of micro front ends is that you don't upgrade React. Do you? you just kind of upgrade whatever framework section X is using and you upgrade that framework there and then you test it. You don't say everyone's going to move to React 18 now. Yeah. I think so. This sounds like micro front ends are a bit like a Trojan horse <laughs> to bring in Svelte. Yeah. Right? I, I so hope I, so. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I mean, so, I mean, spe- the, I, yeah, it's like, it's like a Trojan horse, I think, isn't it? It's, it's a great way of doing things, you know, because there is no uh, silver bullet. There's no one tool that is the best tool for the job every time for every job. So, therefore, micro front ends logically makes a lot more sense because you are effectively you're going to use the right tool for the job maybe you know it makes more sense that part of the site is is completely statically rendered maybe part of the site needs to be super dynamic using web sockets but there's no way that i and i've worked on systems that have done trading systems because they've needed web sockets for like the real-time data 
it means that they've gone, well, every single part of the system must use WebSockets now. And, and implementing login and things that would traditionally be rest with WebSockets, it's just nonsense. It doesn't make any sense. So I think there's you know, there's a lot more to, to micro front ends. And the definition of micro front ends is also wildly different depending on who you talk to. Um, we, we Beyond has micro front ends because every single uh, divisive section of the site is actually a different app, um, not multiple frameworks on one page or, or, you know, parts of a view being composed from different services, which is what I've seen in the past. So, so yeah, there's a, there's a, I think micro front ends is a weird, weird phrase because it encompasses yeah, that a little is, that bit too is much. That is very, very true. That is yeah. very, very true. Yeah. I should have disclaimer before that. Like <laughs> I, I, when I say micro I mean this, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, right. This is uh, one of those. Uh, it's it's quite mismarketed, uh, especially if you go to micro frontendsorg because this is something that they they have. You know, their their prime example is one where three different teams and uh, one team uses Angular, one team uses React, and the third team uses Vue. And they even have like a working demo where they show where they show you all these things in in production, but the demo doesn't use any framework. They use web components, which is pretty oh. funny <laughs> because that's the only way you make it fast, right? Like if you're downloading the runtime for Angular, Vue, and React, you're not really optimizing for users. Uh, so I think yeah. microfrontends tends to be mismarketed very heavily. And therefore, that also makes it hard because people who use it and like it are trying to say one thing, and then the people who don't like it just focus on a different side, yeah. uh, which is the <laughs> the obvious negatives. One the one follow up I, I had was Webpack Five had a lot of fanfare around uh, its support for micro front ends, um, and I just wanted to ask if that's uh, that's been helpful for for you guys. Yeah. So when we were starting starting on like setting up our micro front ends, I think like Webpack Five wasn't around yet. So definitely we, we started, I mean, the, the module federations actually was in, in discussion. So that's what we, we seen when we are setting things up. So we obviously work in progress. There, there's like a proof of concept branch, but then yeah, it's, it's, it's not ready yet. So we decided to roll our own, but of course now, since now it's, it's like out. So probably we, it will be more of like a maintenance kind of thing where we will see how we can swap our build our mechanism like our our fundamentals out so basically what we have right now is that we have like we we roll our own like so so how how does all the micro like individually built apps fit together or how do we find them it's like through some sort of like like a manifest where you figure out where to download each of them and piece them together right so um we think probably that would be something that we could uh so we have like uh, <laughs> pieces of like micro front ends, we piece it piece them together and they sometimes they share like common libraries right say for example react so we wants to uh, right now we we roll our own way to say sort of like uh one of the apps which is like the main platform will provide like the react library where it, it builds with react and provides to all the applications so that you don't have to bundle them together that's what we do right now but of course this can be done with modules federation in a sense where you can say each of them can build bundle their own React, but it will be only loaded. Uh, so whoever comes in first will load their version of React. But of course, that will also means that we will have to figure a way also to say make sure that everyone's agree on upon on like the React version. Or if you are using a different React version, then you will have to say I I don't want to use the so called shared React, and I I want to bring in my own React. So those are the these are the things that can be 
I, I guess Webpack can help us out, but right now we kind of like have our own simple way of like injecting, like say React into all the applications. Yeah, just wanted to make sure we mention it because uh, it's a big deal for those people who do microfinance. I had no idea. Oh, but yeah, I have no like, idea about like Webpack. <laughs> people are people are like uh, really excited about it, and I have I I have no use for this, but <laughs> well, <laughs> but if you, if you run into this at work, yeah, you you know what you know what yeah, we, we, about. We, we haven't we haven't really played with it. Like we we just like I I just like study about it, but we haven't really like tried it out yet. All right, so should we uh, talk a bit about Svelte? Your Twitter is full of all these fun tips. Do you have oh, any? Yeah. If, yeah, yeah, I think so. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's one of those things where I, when I log on to to check my tweets for the day or for the week, I, you you always have like some nice code examples of stuff that you've uh, you've done. Like, have you? Uh, how do you how do you f- like figure out what what to post there? Oh, okay. So, uh, to be honest, I I don't really post that often. So I right now what I have is probably you've been seeing like my older posts. So I've been like re- retweeting the same thing every few weeks, I guess. Yeah, it's it's really hard to come up with like good tips, so called like tips and uh, about spell and things like that. So. But of course, I can talk about like how I get like inspiration on like how how to come up with them, right? So basically, once in a while, I will be going into this. I don't really go do this often, but once in a while, I'll just like go into the Discord channel and look through the questions people are, questions that people are asking there. Actually, it's it's a very vibrant community right now in in the Discord where actually like I I will see that like people are answering people's questions right now, like uh and and every every time of the day, right? So it's like yeah. every, it, it feels like in every part of the world, there's people using Svelte and there are people answering people's question and in any time of the day. And it's like, it's, it's really amazing right now. So what I did was like, there was this week where I I basically kind of like finished building up my YouTube channel. So this is something that probably we can talk about it later on. Uh, yep. So I, I kind of like build up the whole tutorial list on my YouTube channel. So I, I just basically followed like every uh, chapters on the Svelte tutorials and like s- sort of like make it as like a video version of it. The, and t- towards the end of it, I realized that, oh shit, I have no idea what to <laughs> work on next. So, and, and also, <laughs> and also I realized that not a lot of people know about my channel. Right? I, I don't really get people to, like, how do I get people to know about it? Right, so I decided to like say post on Twitter or post on post it on like say Facebook, and then I realized that if I just post it on Twitter as like a link to the video, not everyone would like interested to click on it. Especially if you ask me, to be honest, I wouldn't click on any video links on Twitter because I was there to <laughs> scroll. I want to just read text. I don't want to like watch video contents that has sounds in it, right? So so I decided that uh, a better way would be. Uh, create like a tweet version of like the, the content like part of partially mm. and, and as well as like supplement with like the video links if you want to watch the video right yeah. I'm not sure about like how well it's, it's doing because I, I didn't really look at the analytics of it I didn't really but at least like I know like there's some sort of traffic coming on Twitter but at the same time I realized that hey how about I can do it even more cynically where I just go into Discord channel and uh, previously I was posting in just like on the uh, resource channel, right? And then I realized that maybe I should do uh, one step like into the game where I go into the Svelte channel and try to answer questions. And I yep. 
and I look at the questions and say, oh, actually, you should do this. And if you don't understand this, you should watch my video. So that's like how I try to sneak in my videos. But I didn't really do it consistently. I, I tried that for maybe a week. Uh, that, that week definitely improves like, like in terms of subscribers and views and stuff like that. But yeah, I didn't really like get it through every day. It's like I stopped yeah. a while, but I, I guess that's really helpful. Probably I would do that uh, more in, in future. Yeah. Yeah. So I, those I, yeah. So tips are actually coming from them. Oh right. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. But you all, you also do some some like when when there are some new features, you usually you usually do like a tweet series where where you show like the new. I remember you did like the the fragments feature a while back. Yeah. You did like a tweet series of of that. Yeah. So that the thing about nice. this is that. I, I realized that I'm not that consistent. So like there, there was a few f versions of Svelte that I, I tried to like make a tweet on like what is new in this version. But then after a while, it's like, oh, I, I just like <laughs> did, didn't yeah. follow through. Yeah. Yeah. Happens. But definitely like if you if you like it, definitely I, I will try to do it more often. Yeah. I think consistency is why I don't have like a, a blog or a YouTube channel or... A, a big Twitter following because I'm just not consistent at all. It just really depends on the mood during the day. So yeah. <laughs> can't really yeah, blame you for that at all. I'm kind of the same as well. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard. I have to say it's it's really hard. I think the the podcast, for example, like I probably wouldn't do it if Sean and Anthony didn't do it with me because I would just be lazy and not do anything. <laughs> That's nice, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, but, but also you you make it possible with all the scheduling. Exactly. Like you know, uh, for those who don't know. Kevin does all the scheduling and the uploading, um, yeah. and we just we just show up every every time he schedules something. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we have the easiest job here. Uh, but yeah, creating anything is hard, and keeping it up is uh, is it's definitely a, a commitment. Um, you have to have a it's big, a uh, you know, a, a, a bigger reason. I think, um, which is why we're I think we're interested in in why uh, Li Hao is working on the on the YouTube, right? Even though he doesn't yeah. use felt at work, like what motivates you? <laughs> Yeah, so I have to say, like the the tutorial on Svelte is it's really amazing. It's like a lot of people learn Svelte from there. Um, myself included. We I learned it from like trying out the tutorials and basically learn out all the say how to use the logic blocks and how to use the components, props, and things like that, right? But when I see like people asking questions about Svelte, I realize that there's also places that. There's like rooms to improvement, but I'm not really sure like how to improve it on the tutorial itself because like it's it's concise for a reason. It's like it's it's a it's a good place to get started, but of course after a while you might hit something that uh, it's it's like maybe edge cases and things like that. Especially say for example like reactivity and stuff like that. Uh, it's a bit hard to just explain it in few words or maybe like a explain it even i don't feel myself comfortable even explaining it in like say a blog for example right sometimes it, it's better to explain by looking at visuals right so i guess that's why i also sometimes like post like say snippets of code say uh, like a very simple code that like when you look at it you kind of understand right but then sometimes you you want to compare a few codes samples right say like this is working this is not and this is working and you change this line and this is not right uh if you if you make it like a code snippet like on tweets twitter or like on a blog post you have to scroll up and down or switching between stuff right but if you're watching a video it's like it's you're playing it in in, in motion and you able to like see how it plays out and things like that so i realized that oh actually maybe 
a better way of explaining things would be creating like a video. Uh, but to be honest, myself, I don't really like watching videos. Like I, I'm more of a trying out myself kind of guy. So so I I try to do that in my video as well, where I'm like trying out for you, right? So if you if you want to like say, I, I try to explain things in a way where I say, let's see what happens if I comment this line out, or what if I add this line in, and how how should it, why it behaves in a certain way, and things like that, right? So that is the thing that usually it's it's very very hard to like. Uh, find it in like an article to explain that to you, right? Sometimes they they explain the big picture, but uh, like nitty gritty stuff that you have to actually play it out yourself to actually feel it sometimes, right? And I I try to do that. I'm not sure whether I succeedingly doing it in my video, but I'm I'm trying, just trying to do a video that is like trying things out for you, and you can watch it if you are lazy to try things yourself, right? So that's what I try to do in my video so i try to like go through the tutorials in a sense where i try to like go through every chapters and things like that as i said just now like it's it's very hard to be consistent so i decided like say instead of like going like pick a topic and talk about it and things like that i decided to just stick with like a schedule which is like the tutorial list so i just go through the every every topic in the tutorial so that i i have to like follow through everything and it's it's also good in a sense where it follows in a in a flow where the later part of the like say my playlist they actually refers back to things that i talked before right because tutorials actually build it that way right you you learn things by step by step along the way so now i have like hopefully i have like a collection of contents where basically if you want to know about something there's always something to refer to and that makes it easier to explain things to people as well right i just i can always like send them a link say hey just watch this i've i've like yeah, I've, I've created some content about that yeah i, I really like them i uh I specifically like the ones on stores, like the derived stores, for example, and the custom stores. Those were really mm. nice because I didn't, I didn't really realize that the derived stores were as complex as they were. I had no idea. Like, well, I did have some idea about what you could do, but like, for example, when you pass in like an array of stores and like there are all these like combinations of things. That isn't yeah. apparent from just reading the tutorial or the, or even the the API. Yeah. So the the the, the documentation does says that you can pass in an array or stores, or you can have like a two arguments like whether you have a set like a asynchronous derived store and things like that, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, what I did was just try to like be like trying out for you. I tried to like draw it out like a two by two matrix. Like, okay, you have like a one store with like synchronous two store uh, multiple stores with right. synchronous and one stores that's like asynchronous and multiple sources like just try out all the different versions of things and yeah so that that's how like I, I try to structure my video in that way that just try out all the possibilities that you can think of and see this is how it will behave things like that yeah, yeah. it's weird because yeah. I use stores quite a lot but I always struggle to find a use for the readable store um, I just don't I can I always try and make one to start with you know, try and keep it simple and encapsulated and then Leave it later on, I just end up having to make it writable in the end. It's just every time. <laughs> yeah, I realize that readable stores, unless you have something very atomic, I guess, like some things that change itself, then it's a readable. But if you want a, you want something that will be changed later on, some most of the times you slowly realize that you want to change it from the outside or change it somewhere else or change it. Like it's it's 
yeah, you, you have other factors that want to change it. In the end, you realize that maybe writable is something that you want and it's much easier to yeah. change it, right? Because readable is like when you create the stories, you have to have a way to just, you have, really have like design a way to change it from, from the inside. Which is generally down to having like a, a, a timer or a set tool or something. In yeah, <laughs> that's true. I was wondering if we want to go through some of your favorite tips, you know, just, just from your backlog of, content <laughs> what what uh, what have, what have been some of your favorite questions or uh, discoveries as you as you you know go through and answer questions um you mean like my favorite videos uh, uh, or, or tips right like because you do you do tweet threads with these mm, uh, answers. I, I, okay so this is me judging based on number of like likes and tweets and response <laughs> on the videos I, I I mean to be honest I, I don't really have a particular like it doesn't occur to me in a way that I see this, I like, oh, I want to create a content about this and I prepare contents and realize that, okay, this is going to be viral and things like that. I, it doesn't occur to me this way yet. Like I don't have a, like a viral eyes or like ways to detect viral content, right? So it's just me that trying to come with a content to explain certain things and some does goes off and some just like, yeah. So... I realized that the ones that is about um, uh, how do you actually uh, call a functions in, from a parent component? I guess that one is, yeah, call a function inside a component from, from the parent. I guess that's one of the videos that a lot of people, or, or that tweet, I, I tweeted it as well. I tweeted the content as well. And I realized that that is one of those that a lot of people <laughs> like about. I, I Yeah. That's interesting. Or, or they, yeah, I, I guess people didn't realize that you can call like functions inside. Like if you export a function from a Svelte component, it actually turns into like a method for your component instance. That's, I guess that's like, it's not explained in anywhere and somehow it just works that way. And like, yeah, it's it's yeah. always like a revelation to people, I guess. That's why. Hmm. That in, that's interesting. That's not what I would have guessed, I think. Uh yeah, so I guess the other one that people would like to learn about is the the contextual. I think when to use a context or a store. I it was like a, a one of those videos about store, and a, a lot of people ask these questions where when should you use a context? When should you use a store? Uh, I think that one is pretty nice as well. Uh, like as in a lot of people are like having good comments on that as well. So. Yeah, so my, my answer to that would be like you they're actually solving different problems that that's a lot of people didn't aware about that. You can use context alone or you can use store alone or you can use context and store together or and, and that there's a, like a again it's like a, to me I try to draw it as a two by two matrix again where you have no context with star, uh context with no star, context with star and no context and no star. There's always like there's four different kinds of ways to uh, communicate from like one component to your say children component or other components right so like, I try to break it down that way and see w why or what are the reasons that you want to use one or the other and what can like how how and I try to come up with examples that is that can fit all four different kinds of scenarios where you see how it will behaves differently if you just use one or the other or both yeah I have a confession which is I've never used context <laughs> oh wow that You're is, in for a treat. Yeah. Yeah, but They're to be honest, like nice. it, 
it, it doesn't really it, it really depends on whether you need it or not right so maybe if oh, you for sure. don't have something that you want to pass down from like from a you don't want a scenario where whatever components goes under that tree to receive that value and or receives a different value when it's when when the component is being under a different component tree then yeah. you you wouldn't need a context right so that that's these kind of scenarios are not that often I, I would say like it's not like always you find the scenarios that you need that right yeah yeah I, I think so I, I implemented like a tabs and a tab component a couple of mm. weeks back and then I instead of like using the uh, what's it called the uh, like the slot props thing mm. you can just so you so you don't have to like I don't know how to explain this but <laughs> Like yeah, it, it it was a nice way of using the context, context. instead of yeah yeah. So but. so you have your tab content where if it's inside this tab component, you will behave, you will communicate with its this tab exactly. right. If it's exactly. in the other component, you will communicate to that tab component right. So you you need to know like where you are in. That that's when you you would think about using context. I I like that uh, you were better at explaining what I did than I <laughs> and I implemented it so that's good <laughs> yeah I think I also learned by learn by experimentation rather than actually understanding the concepts it makes much more sense <laughs> to me if I can see the result like Lee I was talking about you know when you're changing something and you're removing a line and see what happens it's uh yeah. it's nice have you done anything on Svelkit no <laughs> no <laughs> one simple answer no uh uh so no 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 very strong reason why it's just that it's a lot of people are working on it right now so uh things move very fast i would say so and usually it moves in i would say roughly like a new york time zone like things move fast in a sort of like us time zone so mm. uh yeah, that's true. right so new issues come out in that time zone and it fix at, at the same time that kind of thing so it's it's usually like uh things that leaves for the next day that I can wake up and look like if if that issue lives longer to the fact that I would wake up in Singapore time and saw it usually it's something that I'm not sure I could even able to fix it so I just like leave it as it is and it's it's fixed the other the, the, the next day right so yeah I, I didn't really like really participate in, in like the spelt kit development I think that's GitHub Copilot I think it's just automatically fixing bugs it finds <laughs> it's, very, it's very good like that so making YouTube videos, that's not something mm. I've ever really done. Is it fun? Are you finding it to be rewarding? Do you like doing it? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I would say it's, 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 it's fun when you're on a high where you are like constantly coming out with content, right? So at a point where, during a period where I was just like following on the tutorials where just like, okay, this is my goal. By the end of this month, I want to do the whole tutorials things. Right, so every day I have like, okay, uh, this is what I'm going to do next if, right? So to, yeah. tonight I'm going to do if, tomorrow I'm going to do each, and the next day I'm going to do await. So that everything is planned out and it's, it's, it's very fun to just like coming out with content. After that, it's like, oh, I need a new goal or new aim or new target where uh, I would like spend maybe right now, in my case, I would spend like maybe during the week to work on, like to come up with ideas and maybe record it during the weekend. But then that creates a, another problem where during a week, weekdays, if I don't do anything, I don't have anything for the weekend. And then I will like procrastinate and wait it for the next week. And then after a while, it just like cools down and I don't feel like yeah. doing videos. 
But when I'm like on a run, then yeah, it's just talking and like making stuff. I, if you notice my video, I didn't really do a lot of editing. So it's less work to me where I'm just like a uh, sort of semi-live coding where I think of like, I, I, have, I have a draft of like, okay, this is like an example that I need to come up with. Maybe I have, uh, sometimes I show it on another, a separate screen. Sometimes I like, I, I, I write it once and then I delete it. So it, it's still in my memory and I do it like immediately like recording it as a video, right? So I don't need a lot. Of, I, I didn't do a lot of editing, like record it and press record and yeah. like talk through the whole thing and, and just make sure the audio sounds okay. And I did a very simple like transition in terms of video where you see my face first and then it will shrink to the corner. But that's all the extent of like the video editing that I'm doing. So that's like, I don't really do like subtitles and stuff. I, I tried once and realized that on one of the video and I realized that it's it's so boring. It takes me like, like yeah. a, a maybe a five minute videos of me speaking will have to have me like maybe more than 10 minutes to like subtitle it. Uh, maybe maybe more even more than that like maybe half an hour to just type everything out in in text right that's yep. that's where i realized that uh i'm not going to do subtitles i i guess it's also to the extent of same reasoning of i'm not doing like i'm not writing any blog posts right now because like writing things down and you you realize that you need to be grammatically correct and like flow goes through and things like that if you are just speaking you just speak at your heart's will and i guess people are more forgiving listening to people than like reading, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah, in, in that sense, it's, it's quite fun for me to just like talk through and then record and upload and then th th there you go. So it's, it's not a lot of work yeah. on, on my side at this moment right now. That that makes sense to me. Like I'm, I'm, I think I'm very much the same. Like the, the parts of the podcast that, that I think are fun is the actual recording part, mm -hmm. right? The editing <laughs> yeah. is not, is not fun. So no. I, I don't do it. It's uh that's the reason I don't YouTube at all is because the editing is just, oh, I just can't stand it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I should uh, mention Descript, which is an app that matches your transcription to your video. And uh, if I was going to do that, that, that's the tool that I would use. Yeah, but it, it, it is still a lot of work, but uh, I, I yeah. think people are using AI to make it slightly easier. Yeah, okay. Uh, so so I, I think I, I use a similar for for the transcripts for the podcast i use something called otter ai so it's something similar but it's still it's still like you say it's still a lot of work you still have to correct things the ai doesn't understand some some term it's, it's I all we, over the place we used one that was that was like mostly right but then made some weird mistakes didn't it were these were these services advertising themselves as a fully uh machine driven service or were they advertise themselves as a fully human driven service or were they suggesting that they get the machine to do most of the work and then get a human to run run over it so so for for the first few transcripts we uh, i i paid for the like both the editing and the transcripts and i think those transcripts were pretty decent um but then i uh, i think i figured out it was it was just too expensive that editing service so we switched to another one <laughs> that didn't have transcription and then i decided to try that otter otter.ai thing and that 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 basically just does the machine learning ai oh it stuff. doesn't have any humans at all no no you you have oh. to go through it and like match the the speaker with the it, it's pretty good at guessing, but sometimes it gets things wrong. Yeah, so YouTube has a pretty good uh, auto trans 
subtitles, right? If you if you choose subtitles, because when I upload it, I chose it to be like I specify that I'm speaking English, and there's a auto subtitles where you can choose that will come out and find it like it's it's quite good. It's just that if I want to make it like perfect, I will have to go in and edit it myself, and then like I can like YouTube already generate that, and I can edit it, but to go in and edit myself and yeah change every characters that is like incorrect it will be like a hassle and i decided not yeah. to do that especially yeah. when i'm not pronouncing svelte correctly like that is always <laughs> wrong <laughs> i mean that was the perfect pronunciation there so <laughs> just maybe like when you talk about it just just stop and say svelte and just that's just actually make a point of... <laughs> that's that's something i always have to like correct in the uh in the transcripts actually really like, Right. Yeah, 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 and and some weird like technical terms. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> right. Should we uh, talk a bit about like your uh, contributions to Svelte? Like you've been working a bit lately on the what's the RFC called? Is it the const? Const. No idea. Const expression. Constant thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so it's I, a new lo- logic block thing, right? Kind of. It's it's not or really a, a logic. Thing. It's or it's, like a template syntax. I guess you can. I I don't really even know like how to say it. So it's the way that you write it. It's it's more like a tag where you know we have right now we have two tags. We have the HTML. So you have you have curly brackets, at and then HTML where you can put in HTML content. You have a debug tag where you can add add debug and then you put in an expression and every time the ex- expression changes you will see a console log or if you open your Dev Tools you will have a debugger breaking at the right position, right? So right now we have, this is like a new one, which is a cons, uh, C-O-N-S-T. Uh, although we have discussion about like the naming itself, but it's it's going nowhere. So I'm just going to leave it as like cons. I'm just going to call it cons tag <laughs> because it's it's a tag because it's, it's just like HTML tag or debug tag, right? So what it does is that sometimes this is one of the thing that you, you would encounter. For example, if you're doing say uh, a weight, a weight or you're doing each, uh, what happens when you are iterating through something, right? You, of course, you can deconstruct whatever you're iterating through, right? The items. But after that, you also sometimes you want to say, calculate something, like derive, like come out with a like a local variable that is depending on whatever the item that you're iterating through, right? Say maybe you have each array of items and then you want to calculate like say items total equals to items dot price times items dot amount. Right, something like that. Right, you want to have a total where you can use it in multiple places. Right, so if you have one place to use it, of course you just use like you just have a curly brackets and say items dot uh, amounts time items or price. Right? But if you have a few times, you 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 realize that you want to have like sort of like a local variables, and this is where the const tag comes in, where you can say, hopefully we'll say at cons and then total equals to item dot price times items dot quantity and then you can use that total in like the local scope so it's it's like a declaring a local variable in uh places where it makes sense right for example uh each or uh, you have a weight because you always promise dent and then you have like a local place where you have you want to calculate local stuff or you have say a component and then you have a uh, slot props coming in like a let's binding and then you have you want to derive something over there if you use it elsewhere, it actually doesn't really make sense because you can always define that variable outside because you're not creating a new scope within the template, right? So uh, so we are going to, the idea would be like adding 
places where you can add more local sort of like local variables within the HTML templates. It's super useful actually because I I do find myself needing that on a fairly regular basis. I end up calling methods and it's not quite the same calling a method because sometimes it's it's not reactive in the way you'd expect it to be. Question definitely for the audience here because I totally know because you know I'm a maintainer right. Why are certain of those squiggly bracket tags as we're going to professionally call them why are some of them uh, why do they have an at and why do some of them have a hash what's what defines whether it's a hash or an at the balance i don't know <laughs> i i, I would say like <laughs> okay one, that's good uh, yeah. <laughs> i don't feel so bad now <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like probably hey so to be honest like me i i don't really like although i say i'm like one of the maintainers but i i don't really like my role like what I do most of the times, if you notice, is mainly uh, triaging issues, fixing stuff, and like implementing yep. stuff that people propose. Right? I I rarely propose yep. new things unless it's like things that relates to how to fix certain things that makes things feels more correct. Uh, most of the time, when you have new syntax or things like that, actually, at the end of the day, we all look at Rich and hopes that he has an answer to things. Right? So things he, I I would say like he dictates the style and the taste of the language itself. Yeah. Right. So if I have to guess, you realize that maybe anything that starts with a hash, it's it's more for like a logic blocks. At least right now what we have is like the if, each, and await. And everything else, I don't know why, but it's it's a at, right? And and how yeah. At least that we is how it is well, right now. Yeah. So why key I I I, I don't know. Right, so <laughs> I mean, someone so, proposed, so I think, yeah, sorry, someone proposed it and 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 just implemented it, but I have no idea like <laughs> why. I I I I I would say like at least to my eyes, it doesn't feel wrong. So I I yeah yeah. I think I've, it makes sense. I mean, it kind of at seems right for a debug because it's not something that really lives inside the the code. Um, it doesn't. It's not like it doesn't affect template output, for example, or it shouldn't do. But then HTML really does, so it makes it's kind of confusing. And I wonder if it's to do with one is a rendering concern and one is almost like an escape hatch. It does something more logical rather than visual. I don't know. I think the thing you're right though, like Rich is definitely the vision behind Svelte, has, you know, always was and, and still is. There are actually very few maintainers who understand the full code base. There's, there's not actually many people who understand that. And it's, and it's a known thing. It's, it's a quite a complex thing to get your head around. And I think the other thing is, yeah, like you say, uh, you know, you and I are both maintainers but i certainly joined because i was triaging a lot of bugs and answering questions and and doing sort of stuff that was like housework around around the issues it's very rare that i contribute actual code to the code base although i have done a fair bit on svelte kit and it's also pretty rare that i will end up defining a new language a new function like a new language feature or something like that because it's generally a lot of the things that i see for svelte come from a place of oh i need this thing it's just me who needs it versus Rich is more thinking of web dev as a whole needs this this function maybe this needs this feature so so yeah it's it's all about depending on how people have people think and stuff like that yeah so a small thing to add on 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 that would be definitely it's not something about the parser or compiler about like why we chose hash instead of an add or like why this or that right it's definitely yeah. I mean we 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 wrote the whole compiler and the parser so definitely it's more like the taste of like the maintainers or reach himself to to feel like this should be look at uh read this way and not the other and and the whole 
yeah, the look and feel of the language itself. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of classification that goes on like that, especially naming and stuff. And, you know, we know that naming is one of the hardest problems in computing, and I think that this goes on with it as well. It's there's a lot of a lot of consideration goes into every directive, every tag name, every built-in, every attribute that goes into the Svelte DSL. So, so yeah, it, it, there'll, have, there'll be a purpose for it. We just don't know what that purpose is between us. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of something that was discussed recently about uh, the dollar-dollar dispatch. So this yeah. was this thing where I think a lot of people has this pain. Or me, I particularly has had this pain when I was like working on videos about uh, event dispatcher where I have to, every time when I was working on that video, I have to say, uh, import create event dispatcher and create a dispatch function, right? Yeah. So uh, would it be better that we have like a dollar dollar dispatch that will just automatically do that instead, right? And of course we are still in discussion, but then like Rich has his own reasoning about like what should be a dollar dollar like variables and what shouldn't be. And like he yeah. has his own like reasoning and all this. If you ask me, I would say, oh, if it's it will if it works it works right like I, I don't really <laughs> I, I didn't really think that far yeah. ahead like, uh, like it's a shorthand yeah why not right things like that but he actually has his own reasoning behind like when you should add yeah. certain things and why certain things should be added and why certain things shouldn't yeah things like that and it's that clarity it's it's that exactness and clarity of the API that makes Svelte as good as it is so I think it's a really critical part of Svelte and it's something that a lot of other languages don't bother with too much or not not to the extent that that Svelte does. Um, the API is very clean and easy to understand for that for that reason. The dollar dollar thing is, as I remember it vaguely, um, dollar dollar is generally used for internal things that you know that may change. So I don't know if dollar dollar dispatch should actually become a thing, and then and then a single dollar is obviously used for non internal things, but also for stores. And I think with sort of thinking around how we would change things if there were to be a Svelte four or, or when we work towards Svelte four. That would be probably considering should the dollar in a store be at the end of the store, yeah, did I hear the store some, name, did a I bit hear like RxJS. It, it's definitely definitely not any anytime soon, but certainly you know <laughs> it's one of those things that you think about. You know, breaking breaking changes should not be going into Svelte three yeah. at this point, right? So, yeah, so they they get automatically shoved into this imaginary thing called Svelte four, and one of those things would be the store syntax is is the dollar at the start sensible logical. Or is dollar at the end going to be the way that stores work in the future? Yep. All right. Cool. Any? Do we have any other questions for Leho before we move on to unpopular opinions? No. All right. <laughs> unpopular opinions. Ooh. Does anyone have I'm one? I'm I don't. Nope. Me neither. I'm. I'm all out. <laughs> all out as well. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, have one, Leho? Yeah. Sure. Definitely. Uh, Definitely will be my YouTube channel. <laughs> that will be my own uh, that, my picks. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not an oh. uh, unpopular opinion, though. So oh, like popular, okay. Popular opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going into picks now. So you're you're picking your your YouTube channel then, right? Yeah. Yes, I. So, yeah, it's great. Yeah, do subscribe. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, it's it's <laughs> it got all the. I, I try to. So if you if you have any questions. Feel free to ask me. Of course, sometimes I may not be that responsive. I, I try my best to uh, juggle between work and like making videos and stuff and, and be more consistent and more uh, social within social media and stuff like that. But I'll, I'll try to answer your questions. And also, if that happens a lot, I would just 
try to create videos about it. So I have this uh just now I talk about like I have a playlist of doing all the tutorials, right? But I also have a playlist that just answer about svelte questions. So I call it like a svelte question time where I like have a I basically every each of the video covers one question about certain things, like a small question and like I'll try to go in and explain like how you should do something or how what's your thought process that you should go in to things about things like that, right? So let me like list a few would be like, say like, how do you create like a dynamic elements or how do you call functions inside components or calling functions outside component, like calling a function from a parent component or how do you even communicate from two components without using even like store props or context. So everything from Svelte is out of all the way, but you still want two components to communicate with each other, then how would you do it? Right. And I think well, recent ones that a lot of people are asking will be how do you actually use store inside a JavaScript file? Like uh like like store magically works in a spell uh component where you use a dollar prefix and it works, but how do you actually use it outside of a spell component? Right. So explore like two different approaches to two different kinds of scenarios, right? So be sure to check that out. Uh, it'll be an interesting one. So yeah, that will be my pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. Good cool. pick. I like it. Yeah, I like it as well. Anthony, do you have do you have one? Uh, so my pick is is a pretty easy one here. It's the Peloton treadmill. Essentially, like this. Is that yeah, the one behind? No, no. I, I've actually the cycle trainer is now folded up in the corner, so that's now out of the way. Um, there's now a big gap here next to me. And I've got a weights bench that's folded up. It's all just folded up because there's not enough room in this house for all the stuff I have, basically. But um, no, the Peloton treadmill, I'm not a runner. Um, I don't really enjoy running at all. My wife loves it. So she is, it's her treadmill. She bought it. Um, and it replaced a sofa in our living room because we didn't have room if we had the sofa still. So we we dropped one sofa and put a treadmill there, which is not anything like as comfortable to sit on, I can tell you. <laughs> however, however, you know, she said, oh, you should try it. You'll love it. You know, you'll, you'll begin to like it. And I was like, I'm a cyclist. I'm not a runner. I don't do running. And then I started running a bit on it because it's kind of there. You know, you've got no real choice because it's quite a big thing. And it's quite dominating. Um, and it's, you know, it's quite an expensive thing as well. So I feel like I might as well just get some use out of it. And actually, I really, really enjoy it. Um, I'm probably running at least at least three, four times a week now, maybe on it. Um, wow. It doesn't take long. You can do like That's 15, good. 20 minutes. You can do five minutes if you want to um, and, and get a reasonably good workout from it. The, the reason I think I like it is because I find running like a, like a hamster in a wheel, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of just laborious. It's very hard work, which is fantastic exercise, but it's really hard work. And for me to do something for 20 minutes, it's really hard work consistently with no entertainment. It's kind of dull. You uh, can listen to a watching... podcast for that 20 minutes. <laughs> I could, yeah. Sorry, that, radio. That, that, that sometimes works, you know, but then my brain thinks, well, why are you just sitting down listening to the podcast or, or having a beer or something, right? There's something that has to be like a connection between the the activity of running and and you actually, you know, doing your brain being entertained by something which is connected to what you're doing. That for me makes something, the time pass quicker, right? And I think Peloton are somehow in their classes that maybe the instructors or whatever have nailed that. So their instructors are really entertaining. They talk nonsense. They talk a lot of rubbish, really. But the, the, what they do is they talk in a way that's in, kind of engaging and it's engaging uh, to do with the activity you're doing. And so a, a run like this 20 minutes, you can feel like it's over in like 10 minutes, maybe less. It's, it's really quite impressive. So... So yeah, I, th I think I'm, I'm kind of sold on it, really. I think uh, anyone who's thinking of getting one and, and hasn't done, I would get it because it's actually a really good device. Well, sounds great. I guess it's my turn. Right. Um, 
So yeah. I, I pick up for it. Uh, I watched the Chef movie last night, and uh, it was really good. I've seen it before, but uh, it's a it's a small little, I guess, indie film with John Favreau and Robert Downey Jr. and Scarlett Johansson. It's it's a pretty uh, star-studded cast, and mm. I think it's a allegory for John Favreau's life, um, kind of working through <laughs> uh, some of the issues that he faced uh, running the Marvel movies. And if you want to see, you know, really good food and, and just uh, have a nice, um, heartwarming story, I think I think it's a it's a good show all, overall. <laughs> I recommend it. It's on Netflix. Sounds like my kind of movie, actually. Yeah, yeah, I love love food movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I uh, I didn't have a pick, but then the the treadmill uh, discussion <laughs> spawned one. So in Barcelona, there's this uh, group called Beer Runners. The way it works is I think you have a beer and then you run for a while to the next place and then you have another beer and then you just do that a couple of times. I nice. haven't I haven't done that yet, but it sounds like fun because I, I love running. Um, so okay. when when and if I go to Barcelona, that's definitely something I'm I'm gonna do. But we'll see. I think uh, we do that we do that a lot on, on cycling where we we cycle to pub to pub oh. kind of thing in the countryside uh that's quite fun actually i do enjoy that trying to get yeah. too drunk at pubs because it's difficult drinking and cycling <laughs> yeah i mean it's more of a novelty thing right sure. it's not like you're gonna do it to get drunk that no. would be very weird <laughs> <laughs> it's not replacing for a night out for sure yeah all right i think i think that's it um thank you for coming on Liho. uh where can where can people find you you can always find my find me on my youtube channel again <laughs> no yep. you can you can also like find follow me on twitter uh at lihao tan and i register the same name for my youtube channel as well so it's uh if you go to youtube.com slash lihao tan it works as well uh that will land up to my channel so yeah that will be the places you can find me yeah all right cool so, thanks for coming on thank you for having me yeah. thank you all thank right. you take care guys bye bye, mm -hmm. bye, -bye. bye.